It was April 3rd, 1994, a snowy Easter Sunday just before 8 in the morning when Heidi made her last transaction at the D&W convenience store in Mexico where she worked and then disappeared. Well, the big question remains tonight, where is Heidi Allen? They said they grabbed her from behind the counter and dragged her out the door and threw her in the back of Michael Moore's van. I didn't know Michael Moore had a white van. Well, it's not even, they didn't even bring her in the house. They didn't send the van. What do you think happened to Heidi? What was done with her body? He laid down in two areas, which was a sign. It's an indication that there were human remains. All I know is they ended up chopping her up. If they would have put that van on my trailer and Heidi would have been in that van, that's where it would have went, right to the shredder. I've been in this from day one. There's nothing else I can tell you. This is the story of Heidi Allen, the story of a small-town kidnapping where corruption got in the way of justice. The truth is finally coming out. This is Peebles for the People, and I'm Alex Peebles. Download and subscribe to Peebles for the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. And I'm the husband. We are so excited about what you guys just listened to before our intro song came on. That was our very first cross promo we have ever done. We are so excited to grow this podcast and be able to produce more episodes for you guys. And this is a great way for us to do that. They are actually sharing our podcast on their end as well. So thank you guys for being so supportive of us and expect to hear some more of those in the future. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy to see how every single week this gets a little bit bigger. Uh, it's been really fun for us, so we hope it keeps getting bigger. And thanks, for everyone, for sharing everything, for being a part of this, for we're, leaving reviews. Yeah, we're having a we're, honestly, it's super fun. It is. And we're having fun. a lot of fun doing this. For anyone new listening that's never listened to our podcast before, I've never heard these stories before. In fact, yesterday when Peyton was researching the murder, she went upstairs to research everything because I I can't I can't hear about it before. It's like. Yeah. So how know. so how it works is I love true crime. Garrett hates it. And so I research a story, literally don't tell him anything about Nothing. it. And this guy doesn't even really know who Ted Bundy is. Okay. So we are starting <laughs> from a clean slate. He knows nothing. And I go research, come in here, first time he's ever hearing any details, first time he's hearing about a story, we get his raw reaction as yeah. someone who doesn't yeah. like true crime. So if I get lost or and, or ask questions sometimes, that's why I just, I know absolutely nothing about this. Yes. But, but guys, I do think we are slowly converting him, okay? I've seen a couple comments about it and I kind of agree because let me tell you something. Garrett has let me watch CSI Miami every single night this week and I see him peeking up and looking at it sometimes. <laughs> I'm so. usually on my computer. In fact, yesterday I said, Okay, we need to change it. I can't watch CSI Miami anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, crap. I thought, but it was before that you wouldn't even let it be on in the room. I know, that's funny. So we're making progress. No, but just an update for anyone new listening. So yeah. they kind of know what's going on. Awesome. Okay, we're going to jump into it. I think it's going to be, it's a, 
it's a pretty big story this week. So okay, awesome. Is this a requested story or? Yes, it is. So the lady who sent this in, her name was Tiff Christensen. She sent it in through Instagram and. I had heard this story before, but it had never crossed my mind. I think you're going to just be like, what the heck when you hear the story? So I'm okay. really excited about it. So thank you, Tiff, for sending it in. I'm super excited. So I'm just going to credit our sources real quick. Uh, there was a 2020 episode on ABC called The Wicked, www.oprahmag.com, abcnews.go.com, jsonline.com, foxnews.com, thesun.co.uk, crimemuseum.org, and newyorktimes.com. All of those uh, links will be in our episode notes if you want to check them out. In Waukesha, Wisconsin, the biggest suburb of Milwaukee, with a population of around 70,000, Morgan Geyser is sitting alone at school in fourth grade. Peyton Leitner sees Morgan by herself and feels bad. She approaches her and asks to sit with her. Yes, the main character of the story's name is Peyton. Okay. (laughs) We can't all be as cool as us. From that day on, Morgan and Peyton were best friends. In elementary school at the time, Peyton was an animal lover. She was hopeful and positive, the type of girl who would go up to another girl who was sitting alone and make friends with her. Morgan was an outcast. She had been bullied. She feels like Peyton kind of saved her. She finally had a friend in elementary school. Fast forward two years to sixth grade. Anissa Wire moves to Wisconsin and is the new girl in Peyton and Morgan's school. Anissa was similar to Morgan, and the two became fast friends, Peyton kind of taking the back seat. Anissa didn't like Peyton off the bat. She wanted Morgan to herself and didn't like that this old friend was always hanging around them. This is kind of reminding me already of the Mean Girls story we did. Yes. Um, If you haven't listened to that podcast, do you remember which episode it is? Yeah, it's episode four, Skylar Niece, The Real Life Mean Girls. That's a crazy story too, but yes, I can see why you're getting that out of this story. Okay. Um, so Morgan and Anissa grow closer. Uh, they both discover that they were into horror stories and things that other kids their age didn't really know about yet. As they grew closer, they became more secluded and distant. Other kids at school pegged them as the weirdos. They were always talking about dark things and they only liked each other, which I mean, what's weird? I mean, I get why these girls were pegged as the weirdos, but I do just want to preface like everyone's weird. Yeah, everyone's a little weird. Totally. So Peyton actually tried to get out of this friendship with these two other girls. She was like, I'm not, I don't, I don't really talk about the things that you guys talk about. I don't find it interesting. You know, I started this whole friendship because I saw that Morgan didn't have any friends and I felt bad and I want to be friends with her. But now that Anissa is in the, is in the friendship and they've kind of just gone off this weird path. Um, she's like, I don't really want to be friends, but Morgan guilted her into staying. She was like, you were my only friend. We were best friends. And so Peyton just kind of hung around anyways. Got it. On Friday, May 30th, 2014, All three girls, who are now 12 years old, decide to have a slumber party. It was Morgan's birthday, which meant she would invite her original best friend, Peyton, um, to Anissa's dismay. They spent the night at Skateland and eating frozen yogurt, which did you have like a skate place in yeah, where you grew I did. up? Yeah, there was a skate Us too, park. Did it, was it like the coolest thing in middle school or like elementary school to go yeah, to that? Yeah, people used to go there a ton. I know. It was, it's so funny, funny that every place it, has that. It kind of turned into like parks for us though. Everyone would hang out at like different parks. Uh-huh, was, as you got older. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I can't remember what ours was called, but it was like I used to go in late mm-hmm. elementary school when I was exactly their age. 12 years old, it was the place to be. That's so funny. 
So after Skateland and frozen yogurt, they go back <laughs> to Morgan's house for a sleepover. Peyton had brought her American Girl doll to play with, um, but Morgan wanted to go to bed early that night, even though it was her birthday. So the girls climb into their sleeping bags and go to bed. The next morning, May 31st, 2014, Officer Dan Klein with the Waukesha Police Department is dispatched to a local video store. Okay, so this is 2014. When did Redbox, like, become and Blockbuster uh, and video stores go out? No, because they were pretty... Ooh. Because well, I remember doing, like, Redboxes in 2012. Yeah, I remember doing it because that would be, like, my senior... I feel like they kind of... So, the fact that a local video store is still running in 2014, in 2014 that kind of surprised me. But yeah. maybe my timeline's off. No, that's a good point. But I'm just thinking, I think my Blockbuster went out in, like... 2013 even maybe even before that because i feel like netflix and hulu and everything started getting really big 2016 maybe yes, uh, so probably so anyways he gets dispatched to this local video store um i guess overnight the video store's marquee had been messed with when employees closed up the night before the marquee read hot hits sell like hot video hits mm -hmm. sell but when employees showed up that morning to open shop, hits had been switched up just a little bit to now read hot sell. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny, that little detail. <laughs> and apparently so did Officer Klein. He like was going to take a picture of it to send to his wife to be like, mm. oh, ha, 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 look what someone did to the local video store sign. Um, but before and after he takes the picture and before he can fill out any paperwork, another dispatch comes in to his radio. A mile and a half away, the body of a 12-year-old girl had been found with stab wounds all over. Oh. Officer Klein climbs into his car, responding to dispatch as he's only a mile and a half away. Upon arrival, the body was, in fact, 12-year-old Peyton Leitner, who had been having a sleepover with her two friends. And what time was this at? This was in the morning, because the, the video store was just opening up. Okay. So... Police contact Peyton's mom, who tells them the names of the other two girls, Morgan and Anissa, that had, you know, been with her daughter and says they slept at Morgan's house last night. So cops get a hold of Morgan's parents and head to her home. Her mom states that the girls had walked to the park that morning after they woke up and ate breakfast, and she hadn't seen them since. Authorities search the house, but neither girl is found. Oh, this, this is, doesn't look good already. With Morgan and Anissa now possibly missing, police rush to Anissa's home to search there. Upon arrival, Anissa's mom claims that she hasn't seen the girls either. A massive manhunt ensues. Morgan and Anissa are nowhere to be found. Police from all around join in the search for these missing 12-year-olds. Wow. There are helicopters flying around looking. Authorities are worried that these girls too could possibly be hurt. Mm -hmm. Around 2.50 p.m., Cops find the girls sitting on the side of the freeway on the other side of town. Upon finding the girls dirty and covered in blood but not injured, they Whoa. ask them how they got there. Morgan and Anissa had walked for five hours after playing at the park that morning. Cops immediately take the two 12-year-olds into custody for questioning. That 12 is young. Young. Like, that's not, that's young. Yeah. Once at the station, Morgan and Anissa are placed into two different rooms to be questioned. At this time in Wisconsin, a child could legally be interrogated without a parent present. Huh. Now, these interrogation tapes are on the internet and you can watch them. I would 100% urge you to look them up if you are at all interested in this case because 
it was incredibly eerie and vital to the understanding of this case to watch these tapes. But I will do my best to describe the tapes for you and what happened right now on the podcast. Okay. The interrogation tapes, are they actual videotapes or just voice mm-hmm. recordings? Actual videotapes like of the this, surveillance camera yeah. that's in the room that the police can go back and use as evidence. Okay. Because it is 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they video every single interrogation. Wow. So the girls um, sign the paperwork stating that they don't need legal counsel present and start the interview. Keep in mind, they're 12 years old. So this becomes a point of controversy in this case. Yeah, I'm sure. Because they didn't even know what they were signing. Like in the video you were, you're watching, they just start reading over the, I mean, they read their Miranda rights and then they're like, hey, you can sign them away here and say that you don't want legal counsel present and they just sign the paper. What about the parents? Where were they in all this? Do you know? So parents... Cops can say at this time in Wisconsin, you can't come in. But the, the parents couldn't even tell them, hey, you I should get legal counsel? No or? idea. No idea. Okay. The, the parents are interviewed in the 2020 ABC episode. And they were just kind of like, we couldn't go in the room. We didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Almost like the, the police hadn't really told them everything that was going on. Like, hey, your girls were just found after being missing with blood all over their clothes. You know? Yeah. So from the beginning of the two tapes, because it's two separate rooms, but I'm going to talk about them because I watched the tapes simultaneously. Okay. Anissa is scared. She has a pretty good sized blood stain on her shirt and she's shaky. Her voice is shaky. Her actions are shaky. While detectives aren't in the room, but it's still recording. She sits in her chair with her hands in her lap looking down. She's very uncomfortable. Morgan, on the other hand, was extremely calm. She can be seen dancing around the room while detectives um, are out of the room and she's singing to herself. She's covered in blood. Um, She's just like randomly touching the walls, just whistling. It's really uncomfortable and surreal to watch that this girl has been taken in with blood on her shirt after being missing for hours and she's just like Meh, whatever just like casually roaming around the room 12 years old too that's yeah. just crazy it seems that every single story you tell me of that's crazy like this there's someone who's dancing or acting casual mm-hmm. they just you know what i'm saying like like a sociopath. Yeah, sociopathic and that behavior. comes into question a lot in her interview which i'm going to explain to you a lot of people say she's showing signs mm-hmm. uh, that she's a sociopath. So police immediately ask the girls if they killed Peyton and they both say yes. Anissa asked before being interviewed. So after they're like, did you kill her? She's like, yeah. She goes, um, can I just ask you a question? How far did we walk? What in the world? And the detective's like, what? And she's like, well, I'm just, I'm not very athletic and so I'm really interested to know how far we walked because it felt like we walked forever. So I just want to know how far we walked. That's so weird. She's so young. I just killed my friend, but I, I really want to know how far we walked after. That makes no sense. Morgan was abnormally mature through her whole interview in a very immature way. Um, she knew a lot about the law. She knew that what she had done was wrong. She was acting very nonchalant about the whole thing as a defense mechanism, like a very immature way to handle something. Mm -hmm. She was using big words, but didn't really know what the words meant. Okay. Does that make sense? She had that personality of like, I'm going to make you feel stupid. I'm going to make you feel lesser, but she's only 12. And so she's not really making that much sense. Yeah. 
So it um, just comes, it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable to watch. And I mean, I guess I said 12 is young. Yeah. 12 is young, but I mean, I guess you're starting to grow up, right? No, And that's what I'm saying is she knew, she knew the law. She yeah. knew like, she was saying things like, are you going to put me in an insane asylum or are you going to send me to jail? Like she knew that she was about to be punished for what she did, but she's also 12. And so the, th- the, the way she's saying it and the things she's saying are very immature. Okay. But I feel like she knew more about things than a normal 12 year old would. So that's why I'm saying she's in, she was mature in an immature way. Yeah. So they ask Morgan and Anissa separately if they knew that they were going to kill Peyton when they took her to the park. And they both say, yeah, because they're trying to see if it was premeditated or an accident. They ask if they knew before that, that they were going to do it. And they said, yeah, we did. They say, well, then how long did you know that you were going to kill Peyton before you killed her? And they said, uh, we've been planning the death of Peyton for six months together. Oh my gosh. When cops ask why. That is crazy. The girls tell them that there was a man who said that he was going to kill both of their families if they didn't kill Peyton. So cops are immediately a little relieved. Like this makes more sense for a third party to be involved in something this chilling. Two 12-year-old girls did not just kill their best friend. A man must have groomed them and convinced them, um, you know, by threatening their families to kill their best friend. So would you believe that if you were... I'm just curious if you were the cop right now, you're the detectives and they said, yeah, a man told us they were going to kill our families if we didn't kill her. I, I would if they were acting more scared. Okay. But the fact that they were both just like, I mean, I mean, Anissa's scared, but she's scared because she's in trouble. She's not scared because of what she did. And Morgan just doesn't care at all. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, well, I feel like if it was like, they had been threatened and groomed and this man was like, I'm going to kill your family. If you don't kill this girl, they would have been insanely scared and non-talkative, not answering questions. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's why I wanted to ask. So authorities knew they had to figure out who this unknown man was. If this man even existed, Morgan tells the detectives that she doesn't know the man, but Anissa does. And Anissa was the one who told her that he had said, if you, if we don't kill Peyton, that he was going to kill our families. So Morgan is immediately placing blame on Anissa. Anissa. Anissa is not. She's just answering the questions, taking responsibility, sharing responsibility with Morgan. When cops ask Anissa who the man is and how she met him, she tells them one of the strangest things they've ever heard. Anissa asked detectives if they know about Creepypasta Wiki. She explains that it's a website full of horror stories online, and that's how she met the man. Creepypasta Wiki. You've never heard of Creepypasta? I have never heard of Creepypasta. It's like these made-up stories that people can get on and write, and it's like a made-up story that's super... super, Like, you know that book that you used to be able to check out of the library in school that was like scary stories to tell in the dark? No. (laughs) no the actual book is called scary stories they just made a movie off of it okay where it's like Uh the fake stories with monsters or whatever creepypasta is like that but anyone can write in it's like a form and and you can do it got it got it she's 12 though Uh and it's it's about horror stories like it's about horrible things that happen can't believe i've never heard of this before i can't believe you've never heard of creepypasta it's probably because i've I've never been on creepypasta but i've heard people tell stories and be like oh that's a creepypasta story i'm sure everyone that likes true crime knows what creepypasta is so so um 
she's like, I met the man on Creepypasta. Okay. And detectives are like, okay, so it's a chat room, some type of communication that is accessible through the website. Like, how did you meet this man? This is when Anissa tells them that she actually knows the name of the man that she met. They ask who, um, who's this man that told you that you had to kill your best friend? And she goes, have you ever heard of Slender Man? It was him. Oh my God. So Slender Man started as a creepy pasta story. And is now turned into, there's movies made about it. I didn't know that it was. So the story of Slender Man can, on Creepypasta originally contained two images of a bunch of kids. And you can see this character, Slender Man, uh-huh. in the background. Um, the paragraph that accompanies these pictures claim that these pictures were taken right before a bunch of these kids went missing. So if you, as a listener, don't know... Slender Man is an extremely tall, faceless figure who wears a suit and has long, creepy hands. Do you have anything to add? No, I mean, that's about as much as I know. So apparently Slender Man on Creepypasta, it's not sure whether he's a friend or a foe to little kids, but that he just hangs out with little kids. So, and that these little kids go missing, but they never really know what happens to them. So it's kind of like he might be yeah. a friend of little kids, but kids also go missing around him. So that's like the whole creepy pasta thing. That's so crazy that it all started as an online story on creepy pasta. Uh-huh. I would have never known that. Yeah. So the girls, Morgan and Anissa, knew every single detail there was to know about Slender Man. They went off about him in their interviews. As soon as they opened the Slender Man floodgates, these girls are excited to be talking about him with the cops. Um, they had both gone down a rabbit hole of Slender Man. Um, in 2014... How big was Slender Man? So other teens loved him. The Slender Man video game came out around this time. Okay. Um, and kids love to scare themselves playing it. Don't you remember all the YouTube videos of like yeah. a 12-year-old making another 12-year-old friend play the game and then scaring them? Um, I actually have played Slender Man once on really? an app, like on the app store. Uh-huh. And... I was like, this game isn't fun because it's so scary. Because the creepy, he's like tall, and you're just walking around like a graveyard or woods or wherever you're at, and then all of a sudden, Slender Man pops up. That's so freaky. And then you got to get away or something. I don't really (laughs) remember. But people even started writing fake articles about Slender Man on websites. Like it was like, so he was big. Yeah, yeah. Once you got into Slender Manville. I don't know if that's what to call Slender it. Slenderman <laughs> It was like this whole, there was like articles about what Slenderman did this week and what kids he took this week. Like okay. it became this huge rabbit hole of like a, another life. Um, people were making up stories that involved him, like the boogeyman or Bigfoot, you know, kids getting on saying, I ran into Slenderman at the mall and he told me this and this and yeah. this. Anissa explains to detectives after going off about Slenderman that she actually, too, had seen Slender Man on the bus one day. This was after they had gotten into creepy pasta and researched yep. it, whatever. So she says that he had come into her and Morgan's life and was now a part of their life. Like she was, they were some of his children. Okay. You know, yep. that he likes to play with or whatever. So after that. This is so freaky. Morgan told Anissa that Slend, so now Morgan so Anissa introduces Morgan to Slenderman. Says, "Look at Creepy Pasta." So yep. Anissa was on Slender or was on Creepy Pasta. Introduces Morgan to it, and after she says, after Anissa goes, "Morgan, I just saw Slenderman on the bus." Morgan says, "Hey, Slenderman has a mansion in 
Nicolette National Park. And he told me that if we kill Peyton, we can come live with him in his mansion because we will have proved ourselves to him. Did Peyton not know about creepypasta? Peyton knew that they were interested in Slenderman and that they talked about him a lot and that they were interested in these dark, gory death things. Uh But she was like, I just thought, you know, Peyton was very soft hearted. She was a go with the flow type girl. And so she was like, I just go along with it, you know, which is why she was kind of starting to pull away as being friends with them. But she was also very genuine and nice. And so it wasn't like her to just be like, I don't like you guys. Bye. You know? Yeah. So at this point in the interview, it's very eerie because these 12 year old girls are talking about murdering their friend and that slender man told them to do it. And it's like murder. Like it's a huge deal. But these kids are only 12. Like they can't even really fathom what happened. They're more yeah. interested in Slender Man than they are about the fact that they just killed their best friend. Yeah, it seems like they're so wrapped up in this whole Slender Man mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, it was like they were basically living in an alternate universe. Uh huh. So a part in Anissa's interview that I personally thought was weird that, not, that I didn't see brought up on anything was the fact that she is talking to the detective and the detective's like telling her like, well, yeah, but you know, you know, I know he told you to kill your best friend, but like, what were you thinking? And she says, she's crying and she says, oh, well, I thought he was real. That's what she says. I thought he was real. Morgan said, no, this is Anissa. Sorry. Anissa Morgan does not cry at all through her whole interview. (laughs) Okay. Um, she says to him, to the detective, I thought he was real. And this was only hours after killing one of her friends for him. Like that fast, she figured out that he wasn't real. So she really went out and killed her best friend for this guy. But then only hours later is like, well, I thought he was real. Uh, yeah. Like how all of a sudden does she not believe that he's not real anymore? Like that yeah. doesn't, it seems to me like she's 12 and doesn't realize that when she just said that the verbiage she used sounds like an excuse that a child wouldn't totally. understand just gave her up, mm-hmm. you know? So detectives ask Morgan what she thought would happen after stabbing her friend. And she says that she thought she would get in trouble eventually. She says, my mom says that everything, every bad thing you do catches up to you. So I guess this is catching up to me. Well, I'm, this is kind of came to me, but could you imagine being the parents right now in the situation? Oh yeah. This is crazy. So she explains that they had, you know, planned this for six months and it had became hard not to tell anyone because they were super excited about it. This is how she's talking about the event. Um, And Anissa tells detectives that they would actually talk about it at school and even in front of Peyton, but they would use code words. So nobody um, but them knew it was like crackers was for knife and like they would talk. Oh, my gosh. Uh These girls are crazy. Oh, yeah. So they actually came up with three plans. They originally had one plan, but then they had to go to plan B and then they had to go to plan C to kill Peyton. Um, the first one was that they were going to duct tape Peyton's mouth at the sleepover while she was sleeping and then stab her in the neck. Oh my. Um, Morgan actually that night, remember how I said that they went to bed early? Yeah. Morgan put headphones on and set an alarm, like plugged in headphones into an alarm clock and set an alarm so it would only wake her up at 2 a.m. And then she was going to wake Anissa up and they were going to do it. But when she woke up at 2 a.m., she woke Anissa up and they were like tired. And so they were like, oh, let's just not do it. And we'll do it in the morning and went back to bed. So they go back to bed and plan one fails. The next morning they are playing dress up 
And while they are playing dress up, Peyton goes into the bathroom to put an outfit on. And Morgan tells Anissa while Peyton's in the bathroom that they should go to the park and kill Peyton in one of the bathroom stalls. I can't, my, I just can't comprehend that 12 year olds are talking about this. I can't comprehend it. The part that's weird is like, they're going back and forth between being a 12 year old and then being murderers. Like we're at Skateland. Yeah. I'm sure they had fun at Skateland. We're at eating frozen yogurt. I'm sure they wanted frozen yogurt. I'm sure they finished their frozen yogurt. They're playing dress up the next morning. I'm sure they're enjoying playing dress up, but then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, Anissa, so should we kill Peyton now? Yeah, like the psychopathic behavior there is just off the charts. Yeah. So, yeah, I literally wrote that. That was my next point is that it's just crazy to me how immature their brains were at this point to be being able to like bounce back and forth between childlike play and that desire to be, you know, when you're a child, all you want to do is play. But then yeah. also this bounce back of like, we really like creepy pasta and like. So like, but then it goes to my mind. So were they actually having fun at the skate park or were they just faking everything? So you know what I'm saying? So they could kill Peyton. Exactly. Yeah. So they talked about while she was in the bathroom, one of the things they talked about that if they went to the park bathroom and did it, that there are drains in the stalls in the park bathroom and it would be perfect for her blood to go down. Oh man. But it's funny because to me, it's like. They're thinking about how, oh, her blood could go down the drain, but they're not thinking someone can if still I find stab it, my friend in the middle of the night at the sleepover, who's the only suspect? Yeah. If you know, like they're not. Well, it's everything. Someone can still find the blood in the drain. There's just, just so, so much. It just shows that they're really 12. Mm -hmm. Like they really are 12 years old. Anissa says that in her interview, she says. We decided to go to the park. We decided that was the plan. So Morgan grabbed the knife out of the kitchen and then showed her the knife in her waistband while they were all three walking to the park. But Morgan says, no, Anissa grabbed the knife at home and put it in her bag. So one of them oh. is lying. This is the first time, not the first time because Morgan kind of is blaming it on Anissa the whole time. Like Anissa talked to Slenderman. Anissa said that Slenderman was going to kill our but family. The, but they're smart enough to try to blame who had the knife on the other person. So I think Morgan was smart enough okay. to put the blame on Anissa. Anissa was just telling the truth. Got it. Anissa was just telling how it happened. You can tell through the interview that Morgan is being a lot more sneaky than Anissa is. Anissa is just confessing to what happened. Okay. So Morgan is still placing blame on Anissa. Um, Anissa says that she read on creepy pasta that it's easier to kill somebody if they're asleep or unconscious and that you shouldn't look them in the eyes. And so, which a 12 year old reading that online, who put that online? For, who wrote that online yeah. on creepy pasta? It's easier to kill someone if they're asleep and don't look them in the eyes when you kill them. It, Why are we not in investigating that person? That because how do weird. they know that? Uh -huh. How That's do they know point. that? So when they get to the park, they get Peyton into the bathroom stall and Anissa actually tries to knock Peyton out. She hits her on the head, but she doesn't hit hard enough. And so Peyton's like, ow, what the crap? Like, why'd you just hit me? And they all just brush it off. Like, they're like, oh, sorry. And then they just run out of the bathroom because the girls lose their nerve because they're like, what we didn't knock her heck? out. We didn't knock her out. Like, and we fell. Peyton didn't question it. She didn't go, oh, they just tried to knock me out knock well, she's me 12 out. and yeah. like she's so soft-hearted like that's what everyone kept saying was, that's so sad and so 
Anissa says that they should go after that. Anissa's like, we should just go walking down into the woods because in the park they're in, there's like also woods that you can go down into off of the park. Yeah. So she's like, let's go, you know, walking into the woods to get off the trail. Um, and Morgan's like, we can go bird watching in the forest. Let's go bird watching. So they get down into the forest. And at this point in the interview, Morgan says, it's really sad how trusting Peyton was of us to just go down there with us. Like she has absolutely no remorse for what happened. Yeah, that's horrible. So once they get down into the woods, Morgan says, let's play hide and seek. Um, I'll count and you two go hide. So Anissa, when she's running off to hide with Peyton, says, let's hide in separate places. And then as they hide, Morgan comes to Anissa and says, listen, we'll be like lionesses and we'll chase her down like a zebra. What? Um, Anissa will tackle her and Morgan will do the stabbing. That's the plan they make right there on the spot because they fell in the bathroom. And so what Anissa told Peyton to do was go lay down and like cover yourself in leaves and stuff to hide. Not, and Peyton didn't understand that they were trying to get her down oh. already instead mm-hmm. of, cause they, they tried to knock her out once and it didn't work. Didn't so work. they're worried they're not going to be able to overpower her. So they need her laying down. Okay. So Morgan tells Anissa to tell her when to do it. And so when Anissa is five feet away from Peyton in the woods on that day, she screams, she screams, now go ballistic, go crazy, make sure she's down. That's what she screamed? Uh Uh-huh. So then it's just horrible. So Morgan says, she then turned to Peyton and said, don't be afraid, I'm only a little kitty cat, and then jumped on her and started stabbing her over and over and over. What in the world? Why are they saying these things? Because... They're just, well, they're crazy, obviously, but. I mean, they, they were weird. Like they were weird. They were into, and I don't want to say, I mean, like, I guess someone could call me weird for liking this, Uh liking true crime, but like they were weird in a sense that the stuff they were liking was not just a fascination with true crime. It was like, it was them. It was part of them. Totally. And I mean, honestly, there's a difference between liking true crime and being a murderer, planning to kill somebody. Yeah. I know. So. Yeah, and the don't be afraid, I'm only a little kitty cat. So that part goes to what I was talking about in her interview when she tries to make you feel stupid. So for her to be like, don't be afraid, I'm only a little kitty cat, and then start stabbing. It's like her trying to put herself on a different level. Like, how funny is that that mm-hmm. I just said that? That I said that before I did it. Like, how funny is that? Yeah, I see what it's you're It's like saying. her putting herself on a different level than everybody as a defense mechanism. I don't know. It's just weird. Like the interview was just weird. Anyway, so she starts stabbing her over and over again. Um, The way they both explain the actual murder, it's like nothing. Like they were more hyped up talking about Slender Man. They're so, they were just both like, oh yeah. And then, then she started stabbing her. There was absolutely no remorse. The only remorse that was shown on Anissa's end was when she was thought she was in trouble. Wow. Yeah. So... When detectives ask Morgan who stabbed Peyton, she said, both of us. And Anissa said, no, Morgan did the stabbing. Mm -hmm. It's so hard because I don't know how to react to some of these sometimes. You know, it's just like, wow, great. Like, it really is just mind blowing. I know. So when the detective asked, well, okay, who stabbed first then, Morgan? She said, well, how am I supposed to remember that? Like, she just... It's another way of like, you're stupid. How am I supposed to remember that? But it's like, 
well, okay, you, girl, you saying that right there yeah. just proves that, you know, like it's, it was just so weird the way she talked. That is weird. Um, she did the stabbing by herself. Anissa didn't oh, stab. It was okay. just Morgan. So it was at this point in the interview, and this is so chilling to watch. This part of the interview gave me goosebumps. Anissa turns to the detective interviewing her and goes, where is it? And the detective's like, mm, where's what? And she goes, uh, Peyton's body. Is it still out there in the woods? What? I think it's kind of weird that she referred to it as it. First, right. First, instead it's of weird. where's Peyton's body. But then she says Peyton's body. Okay, first, let me tell you something. The girls called Peyton Bella. It was like a nickname they had for her. So in the interview, if you go back and watch, don't be confused. They call her Bella. Did they say the reason why? No, they, they said they knew another Peyton. And so they gave Peyton the nickname of Bella. Okay. So don't be confused if you go back and watch. They're referring to her as Bella, but it's Peyton. So anyway, she says, where's Peyton's body? Is it still out there in the woods? And that's when the detective pauses for a second and then turns to Anissa and slowly says, do you think Peyton died? Because she didn't. She's no alive and she's at the hospital. Way. Yeah. That is. And Anissa goes, oh, okay. They both thought that they had killed her. Holy but she wasn't dead. crap. That is. Insane. That's insane. Oh, yeah. So that morning. So, sorry, go back a second. So was her oh, okay, just like. Awkward. Was it awkward? Like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, oh, we didn't kill her. It was like, oh, okay. Like, like she instantly was like. Like, we're in trouble and we didn't kill her. Yeah. Like, to, like everything mm -hmm. went horrible according mm -hmm. to our plan. And Morgan was like, did Peyton die? That's like one of the, like, one of the first things she asks. And the detective is like, no, she's alive and she's at the hospital. And she goes, oh, okay. They both, because they both were 100% sure that they had killed her. I mean, it makes sense, though. As a 12-year-old, when someone stops breathing, which I'm sure yes. happened, they thought, oh, she's dead. Mm -hmm. Well, and you have to think, st stabbing, they had stabbed her. It takes a lot of force and energy yes. to stab someone. And so... And they're, they're 12, 12 stabbing with maybe a, a kitchen dual knife. kitchen knife. It was a, like a bread knife. Yeah. So, oh, wait. It like was a one bread of those knife? long... Bread knives, yeah. Like the not very sharp ones? Not very sharp, but long. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. It's like really jagged edged. Yes. That's what they were stabbing her with. Wow. Yeah. So that morning, back up, Greg Steinberg had been riding his bike when he came across a young girl on the side of the road bleeding out. He called 911 while the little girl told him that she couldn't breathe, so she was lucid. She was covered in blood and looked like she had dragged herself to the side of the road. Whoa. When Officer Dan Klein, who was at the video store but responded to this call, arrived, she told him that her friend Morgan had stabbed her with a big knife. That's all she said. The paramedics took her and rushed her to the hospital. At the hospital, the ER doctor says this 12-year-old is dying. Her heart was in overdrive. She had stab wounds all over her body. This is when Peyton gets out, mutters at the hospital that another friend was there at the stabbing, but doesn't say Anissa's name. Oh, okay. Cops then go to Peyton's mom. Peyton was being rushed into surgery. She had five stab wounds on her arm, seven on her leg, 19 total stab wounds. Well, I feel like it's kind of strange that they would stab her on her arm and leg or no? It was all over her body. So it was on her chest and abdomen as well. Oh, okay. But it went all the way from her arms 
all the way down to her legs. 19. That is so 19 many. stab wounds. How can how can a 12-year-old girl stab someone 19 times? So the stab wounds to the chest stopped at the wall of the artery and that's why she didn't die. Oh. Had it gone even a width of a piece of a human hair deeper, she would have died. That's how close the blade got to the one of the arteries. Okay. But that's why she didn't die. Was they couldn't they weren't strong enough to get the blade in very far. So even though she got stabbed 19 times. Oh, this is so chilling. This is just crazy. They weren't strong enough to get it in very far. Yeah. And so Peyton um, is still in the hospital a week later after successfully getting out of surgery. So they finish up the interviews with the girls. Um, Peyton gets out of surgery and they go to ask her what happened because they can't really arrest the girl. I mean, they can, but they wanted to get Peyton's side of the story. Totally. So Peyton claims that she didn't actually feel the attack because she immediately went into shock. She said Morgan eventually just stopped stabbing and stared at her. And Peyton said, muttered to her, I trusted you. And then they just said, just lay down Peyton and rest and we'll go get you some help. What? That's and Peyton said she knew they weren't going to get help. Yeah. So she tried to get up, but she couldn't see. And she said to them, I can't see. I can't breathe. And they just ran away and left her there in the woods. Oh, my gosh. So she sat there for a minute and then she said that she knew she had to get out of the woods because she wouldn't be found if she was that deep in the woods. So slowly she made her way back out to a patch of grass that was on the side of the road and then just laid down and waited to be found. That's so smart of her to realize that, especially in, I mean, after being stabbed 19 times. Exactly. So both Anissa and Morgan were arrested for first degree attempted homicide being tried as adults. Okay. There are certain offenses in Wisconsin that if committed over the age of 10, they have to be tried as an adult. There's a lot of debate over this. On one side, they were 12. They were not making much sense as far as a normal person would think. You know, if I kill this girl who's been with me for the last 24 hours, I'll be a suspect. They weren't thinking about the end result like an adult would. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, Morgan literally said in her interview that she felt no remorse. Like when he said, do you feel bad? She said, no. Um, She had felt nothing, which was weird, but whatever. That's what she said. They both did not, you know, feel bad at all for what they had done. They knew it was wrong. They said in their interviews that they knew it was wrong. They knew they were going to get arrested. They both stated that. Um, The question becomes, did they know the difference between right and wrong to the core or just the surface level of right and wrong? Like I should not kill somebody. Yeah. So when footage came out of the girls in shackles and jumpsuits in the courtroom at their hearings, public opinion became split. And I don't know if you noticed when I was reading my sources, it was like Fox News, CNN that was covering this story. Everyone was like, they're 12 years old. Either they should or shouldn't be. It was completely torn on whether these girls should be tried as adults. That became a huge part of this case. I'm sure. So when they searched the girls' homes and lockers... Um, trying to get some more evidence behind that they think, you know, they should be tried as an adult. There was a lot of weird stuff. A lot of drawings of Slender Man were found in the girls' things. A lot of dolls and Barbies that had been mutilated, red markers on them as blood, hands cut off, feet cut off of Barbies. So something about this is I've heard this saying where girls see Barbie dolls how they see themselves. So if a girl destroys her barbie doll it might mean that she not 
doesn't feel that good about themselves. You see this a lot in like sexual abuse victims who are abused. They start to act out on their dolls because they're not, they're not feeling good themselves. And I think that has a lot to say with why they did this to their dolls. I kind of wonder if this whole thing derived even started from slender man though like when did they start doing this stuff to the barbies, barbies right? was it before slender man was it after slender man so they something about that comes out that okay. i'll tell you in a minute so um drawings of death and darkness are found in the girls things some people say these were signs that these two girls were not okay um, on the girl's home computer, there were searches of how to get away with murder, how to plead criminally insane. It's kind of like what you said before. They were 12, so they weren't thinking that, oh, the cops could go look at my search mm-hmm. history. Um, at, at their school library, both of them were checking out books on the prison system and mental health conditions. So they, wow. they knew that what they were doing was wrong. They were both looking into... They were completely aware, mm -hmm. and they were trying to figure out how to get out of it. Uh Uh-huh. So they were held at a county jail for months while police were, like, gathering all of this, which is weird. Like, normally a a juvenile isn't held in a county jail for that long. Yeah. There was no mental health staff there, um, just two 12-year-olds being held in county jail. Morgan's mom says that... They had talked to her about Slenderman. They knew that she was obsessed with Slenderman. Um, she just didn't think that Morgan thought it was that real. And she was like, "We, I mean, every there was video games about it. There was a movie coming out about it. Like, we didn't think it was that dark of a subject that could lead to murder. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said that when they asked Morgan's mom, are you surprised that Morgan did this? She said, not really. What? She said when we when Morgan was little and we used to show her like kids shows that had sadness like Bambi's mom dying or like things like that, Morgan would show absolutely no emotion. Like it wouldn't even affect her at all. She wouldn't ask about it. She wouldn't talk okay. about it. But you probably, I mean, I could be wrong. I would assume you probably don't think of those things until something happens and then you go back and go, oh, oh that's my daughter never weird. showed any, any emotion yes, to... Yeah. So here's the big thing that came out in this case. Morgan's biological dad has schizophrenia. Okay. And when the doctors started observing her and studying her after the murder or after the attempted murder, um, they said that Morgan has early onset schizophrenia. Okay. Um, Most doctors say it's weird because it should develop later, but because her dad has schizophrenia and they can look for the signs, they're pretty sure. They said while Morgan was being held in county jail, she would talk to Slender Man and Lord Voldemort and all these dark characters, like fictional dark characters. She would talk to them like they were friends with her. So it makes more sense why Morgan was the one who said, oh, I saw Slender Man on the Mm -hmm. bus and all that. Well, so Anissa said she saw Slender Man on the bus, but Morgan was the one who said we have to kill Peyton. Okay. So because Anissa was into everyone on Creepypasta was saying they were seeing Slenderman. Okay. That wasn't I got that, that wasn't that weird. Got that. Mm-hmm. Um the weird part was the killing because a lot of kids were interested in Slenderman. No one killed for him. Well, see, now I'm kind of curious cuz Anissa said that she saw Slenderman. So they diagnosed and we've talked about this disease on here before. They diagnosed Anissa with shared psychotic disorder which means it's a such a high or such 
a low probability, but she met someone who served oh. as that person that she could share the psychosis with. Not like very rare do people have. It was the sisters, remember? Yeah. The one sister was actually the evil like one. Like the 1800s, yes, right? that was the evil one. And then the other sister just shared the psychosis with her because she was that close with her. So if Anissa wouldn't have met Morgan, she probably would have never killed anybody. Okay, yep. I remember but this. But because Morgan has schizophrenia and has this, this mental illness... Anissa didn't have schizophrenia, but she gained a mental illness that was shared psychosis with her. Okay, yeah. So, which then in turn made her into this and made her feel these things. And and it is, it's real. It's a real disorder. Wow, that that's a pretty interesting disorder. Just the whole concept of it is really, I know it's kind of hard to comprehend. It is. It's hard it, because it's what are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances that you meet someone who brings this out in you. Mm -hmm. It's so low that you're going to find somebody else who is off, you know, who is off far enough that it can bring it out of you. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. It's so low. And they talk about this a lot in like true crime about how, if there's ever like partner killers, it's just, what are the chances that you got two people together who were willing to kill? And most of the time it's one person was a hundred percent on board was the ringleader and they ended up persuading or there was a shared psychosis disorder or mm-hmm. whatever where the other person was a submissive and was able to do it with them because of their personality type. Yeah. So in August of 2015, a judge rules that the girls will in fact be charged as adults. It was kind of up in the air. They were fighting it and the ju- this judge is like, no, they're getting charged as adults. Adult crime is adult court, he said. In 2017, Anissa goes to trial first. She pleads guilty instead of going to an actual trial and was diagnosed with the shared psychotic disorder, but instead goes to trial for whether she should go to prison or to a hospital. Um, The jury deliberates for 11 hours and it comes back that she should be sent to a state mental institution for 25 years. Well, that's a long time. So she's still there. Is that a long time? Is 25 years a long time? Yes. Okay. It seems like a extreme. Well, because I think they tried to kill someone. So let's see. She'll be 37 when she gets out. Yeah. She's 17 right now. So she's still got 20 more years. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I guess in Wisconsin, once you've served a certain amount of time, you can then ask for... Like test out almost, Well, it's like probation or it's like um, you can ask for appeal or like release. But I wonder if it's a little different with mental hospitals. Like you have to prove you're not... I think so. So Morgan then cuts a deal with prosecution at her trial as well. They're like, yeah, we're not taking this to trial. She gets 40 years in a mental mental institution and both the girls are 17 now still serving. Whoa. It took months for Peyton to recover physically and even more mentally. She still struggles to this day. She's a senior in high school. Um, she was a senior in high school in 2019. Oh, so recently. Yeah. Uh, when Peyton went back to school, the officer... Um, who was named their new resource officer for the school happened to be Dan Klein, the man who responded no and found her. Yep. Um, Peyton said that if she could talk to Morgan today, she would actually thank her. She loves her life now. She loves who she is now. This has made her a very strong person. Good for um, her. And so she's like, although I know it's weird to sound like I would thank her, I'm really happy with my life and mm-hmm. ha- the person I've become because of this. Um, and so... I mean, I don't want my life to change. I like where my life's at. So yeah. she said I would thank her. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's all I've got on wow. the story. 
That was a good one. You've never heard of this one before? No, I had heard of it briefly, not okay. near these details that I knew, but I had heard of a Slender Man killing. I don't think I knew right away when she sent it to me that I had heard of it. But then when I researched it, I was like, oh, crap, I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was. I'm glad she's alive. I like the ones when people end Pull up through. alive because it makes me. I know. Makes me happier. I know. It was actually like. The scary part is the doctor said if they had gone through with their first plan of killing her in the middle of the night, she probably wouldn't be alive. Yeah. Because you can cut the throat a, a lot, lot easier. easier than just stabbing someone. Oh, what a story. I know. But not, not even a story. The it's real. The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I'm going back and forth of like, they're 12 year olds. But this crime is horrible. But they're 12 yeah. year old. Like I'm going back and forth of like, oh, no, no, no. They completely knew she's manipulative. Da, da, da. And then I'm like, wait, but she's 12. Like, l listen to the things she's saying. Like, and then Anissa being like, well, I thought that he was real. And it's like t t three hours later, you figured out he's fake after you just killed for him. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Like, yeah, the whole time I'm just know. pulling back and forth of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That one's hard. I mean, obviously there were something was wrong oh they, yeah like well i mean they died she has schizophrenia they've diagnosed it and totally. that's just heartbreaking all on its own and that there was mental illness and the thing about it is is like i feel i find that in a lot of other cases we're like there were signs why did no one do anything there were mm -hmm. signs he got locked up and released and locked up and released and locked up like why didn't we just keep him locked up and then it's like because his first offense was when he was 17 years old yeah. It's like their first offense was when they were 12. Are you supposed to keep them locked up their whole life? Know. You know, and then risk. I don't know. Like, so then I go back to, well, crap. I mean, it's just so hard. Yeah, it's really hard. That's why. Because I'm not God. That's why it's hard. That's <laughs> why it's not my job to. Yeah, to decide that. To decide this. Oh, yeah. I know this case. I let the professionals handle that one. This case is pretty controversial on the fact that they were 12. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, how do you, everyone's, everyone is different on how to handle it. And honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I can make a decision about this. I'm curious. I mean, I'm sure our listeners even might have mm -hmm. different opinions because this yeah. is such a Comment hard on, one. Um, on the post, we are going to post about this on, a, on our social media. It's Murder With My Husband on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We do get a lot of comments and threads going about the cases. So if you have an opinion about this case or you know a detail that I didn't include, because I'm sorry, guys, I'm not always going to be 100% right or accurate <laughs> or get every detail, um, please go on and comment and we can start replying. Let me know what you think about should they have been tried as adults. Also comment where you're from. We had a girl comment last week who said she was from South Africa, mm -hmm. which just blew my mind i'm just so honored and was just out of my mind i was like thank you so much for listening like so genuinely happy it's so crazy so comment where you're from comment if you have a thought about this we love to see it we love to reply and hey, maybe we can get all 50 states yeah you know? no i want all <laughs> the countries i don't know how every many single every, si are. every single country no it really is cool though to see where everyone's from mm -hmm. and I sometimes wonder, like, how do people find our podcast? Did they just stumble across it? Did a friend tell them? Exactly. Like, how is that? How's that happening? I know. I'm like, hey, sister in South Africa, um, how did you figure out that we were doing this little podcast yeah. out of our office? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. I know. Well, I guess it's out of our spare bedroom. It's not yeah. in our office. You guys should see this. We have a pretty funny. I mean, I know we need to do a live one time. Oh, we have to clean up. It's like we're surrounded by boxes yes. in here 
Yeah, this is our spare bedroom. We have two spare uh, box, springs. box springs as so it doesn't echo. Yeah. We put them in the office so it wouldn't echo a lot. So they're just sitting yeah, in here. we need to do a live one time and show you guys what I our know. setup is. It's hilarious. That's funny. Okay, well, that's all I have for this week. So I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye.